Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. Welcome to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. Today's show, we are talking about you get what you focus on. So I'm John. And I'm Rena. Yes, this is an important thing. If we want to have success in life, if we want to get more of what we want, we oftentimes sabotage ourselves by focusing on what we don't want rather than focusing on what we do want. And you get more of what you focus on. So we tend to focus on the problem rather than the solution or on the negative rather than the positive. Some examples, if you have a conflict with your spouse or another family member, what do you focus on? You focus on the, the, the problem area. Put all your attention on what's wrong in the relationship. What are they doing that you don't like? And you focus all on that. What about if your kids have a report card that comes home? They have three A's, one C, one B, and an F. What do you focus on? And then news. The news tends to be pretty negative. I know that sometimes they have positive news, which I think is pretty awesome. But negative things just tend to grab our attention. And news tends to, to cater to that. And if you just listen to the news all day long, I know for me at least, I would become very depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and then gossip. When have you heard positive gossip? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard positive gossip. Yeah. Did you hear about Kathy and how well she is doing? <laughs> no, that's not usually how it goes. Not usually, huh? <laughs> yep. But it's a frustrating dynamic that we usually get what we don't want because we are focusing on the wrong things. It's true, and it's, it's so easy to focus on what we don't want and focus on the problem. It's almost like a cultural norm, right? It's like uh, we're not trained to really focus on what we do want and the solution and how to go about doing that. In fact, a lot of our society is really set up to focus on the negative. Uh, we were just listening to a show, and the host was talking about the politics and this and that, and the invitation was to call in if you want to discuss this craziness. And, you know, it's it's a draw to us. We want to talk about what's going bad, and the, and the news is focusing on what's going wrong. And I had an idea as we were preparing for the show, what if news included a solution-oriented focus. So there was this thing that happened, and what can you do about it? Or what is something positive related to it? For example, if a drug addict committed a crime, and the news was saying, you know, if you have a problem with drug addiction, here's where you can go to help, to get some help. And they could even have a, another story about somebody who's done something 
positive about their drug addiction, but that's not usually where we focus, not only in the news, but in our conversations. And having this constant focus on the negative helps us get more of what we don't want. And like you said, John, it is a very frustrating dynamic because we're not happy with it, we don't want it, but when we focus on it, we get more of it. Facebook is another great example of getting, getting more of what we focus on. And it took me a while to figure this out. I might be a little bit behind the power curve. What I noticed is there's somebody on my friends list who posts a lot of extremely conservative stuff. And I'm conservative. I'm pretty conservative in my political views. I'm more of a compassionate conservative, so I really care about people. And his stuff was just just really outrageous and kind of dissing on people. And, and it was just compelling, so I clicked on it. And then I noticed that I was seeing a lot more of it in my news feed, lots more of it. And, and it dawned on me that what I click on, Facebook says, oh, she likes that. She must want more of that. So it gives me more of that. And actually, I, I saw that with weddings lately, too. Like, I clicked on a wedding. Next thing you know, I'm, like, seeing all kinds of weddings. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, that's right. That's how Facebook works. Yeah. At least that's a positive thing. At least it is. That's right. And if you want more positive in your life, you're going to need to start focusing on that on your own and choosing where you put your thoughts and what you're thinking about and what you're, well, that's what you're bringing about. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a part of us part of our maybe our limbic system or whatever people call it the you know the lizard brain or whatever that we want to protect ourselves right and so I think we're just naturally drawn to things that are negative because it's like well watch out you know I could be in danger here I better know about I've heard people say I have to watch the news I have to know what's going on yeah in order to keep me safe I should know what's going on that's kind of what you hear you know kind of the example I, I heard is like you know when you drive by a car accident Everybody looks right. just because you're curious, you know, what's going on? What happened there? Maybe that could happen to me and, you know, watch out, you know, you, and we're all just drawn to that. That doesn't mean we want more accidents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. it's, uh, yeah. Although you're more likely to cause one if you're looking back the other way, Certainly. right? Yeah. I know. Yeah. So there's three reasons that it works this way, that you get more of what you focus on. So the first reason is what I call the toilet paper tube effect. That's a technical term. That's a technical term, yes. Toilet paper tube effect. <laughs> I guess you could say that the paper towel tube effect, but it's not oh, as that's fun. that's not as cool. That's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is if you're looking through a toilet paper tube, you see only the narrow view of what you see through the tube. And so if you focus all of your attention uh, on one area, so let's say you're focusing your toilet paper tube and you happen to be looking at the ground, and you're looking at the tile on the floor, well, if that's all you see, it starts to look like the world is a tiled floor. It's just kind of an example. And so the idea is you're, what you're focusing on kind of fills your whole field of view, and you start to think that that's the way the whole world is. So if you watch news all day long, you start to think that's the way the whole world is because you're not looking at how your neighbors are friendly and saying hi to you and you know, maybe another there's another event going down at the park where people can get together and hang out and have a fun time and neighbors are helping each other by you know lending each other eggs and lawn mowers you know you don't see all that stuff you see just what's in the news and so your whole view of the world starts to fill up with all this stuff that you're focusing on 
So that's one of the reasons why it's so important to choose where you're looking. Because if you're looking only at the tile floor and the world looks like a tile floor, you're missing all the other stuff going on around you. And some of that can be really, really great. That's right. So you've got to choose to let that stuff in, too. That's right. The other reason it works this way is this thing called confirmation bias. The idea is that we tend to allow into our perception things that we already agree with and expect. And anything that is opposite or contradictory to what we believe about the world, we tend to either downplay or it gets filtered out and we don't even see it. So this confirmation bias means that if we think people are mean and nasty, we will start to look for people being mean and nasty and go, look, see, I'm right. People are mean and nasty. And if somebody was kind, we would not see that. Or we certainly would downplay it and treat that as an exception rather than the way things really are. So we don't take it in and evaluate, could this be reality? And I'm not seeing, you know, I'm not seeing the whole picture here. I see that often in politics when people are talking about the other side yeah. and they always do this or that and that, and they're not seeing the exceptions to it at all because of this confirmation bias. We're just looking for what we already believe to be true. Right, yes, that is the way that works. And as we heard in that audio clip, it is uh, also true that uh, you know what we focus on, what we put our attention on, we will get more of that when we are trying to achieve a goal. And so I guess it kind of ties a little bit to the third reason the way it works is that we tend to attract more of what we focus on. That works in a couple of different ways, but uh, if you think about it, you know people who are, are always complaining and negative, those will re repel positive people. And positive people are gonna go, oh, I don't, I don't wanna be around this. And negative people will go, oh, hey, that's, that's my kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll attract more negative people until they get a whole, a whole conglomerate of these people hanging out, you know, complaining and being negative about what's going on around them. And so we tend to attract more of what we focus on. Well, that's fascinating because that's inspiring me to want to take a look at my life and how positive and negative or negative are the people around me. And, and that's probably a reflection of me. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> that's but it's a great insight, though, it, right? It's, it's feedback. And, and feedback is great. It's neutral. And what do I want to do about it? Yeah. I think I want to be more positive. Yes. Yes. Me too. So... I guess part of, part of this is, uh, you know, part of uh, reinforcing uh, what we, uh, what, you know, what we're focusing on. Like if you say things like always and never, you know, that reinforces those things in our life. Have you ever noticed that some people's lives look like a country song? Well, I think they're attracting that in their life. They're looking for it. So they'll, they'll see more of it and then they tend to have more of it. And they'll talk more about it. Oh, boy. Yeah. And and somehow that just brings on more, more and more and more. Yes. Yeah. And the, the people, you know, it's so easy to say always and never. It's an easy trap. I, I'm sure I fall into it sometimes myself. And I was, I was thinking a, a better option is at least sometimes because that allows for the possibility of things being different. Right. And a totally different approach to saying, you know, something, you know, you always do that and, and this never works out this way is to say, you know, I really like it when. 
Mm. And I think that phrase is worth playing with. I really like it when because that's the switch to finding the positive that you do want instead. Yeah. So we're about to head into a break, and I just wanted to let listeners know that we have show recordings available at theimpacthour.com. So if you miss a part of this or any other show, you can listen at theimpacthour.com. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. On our welcome back to the Impact Hour. <laughs> I think we had a little bit of technical glitch there, but uh, welcome back. We mentioned that you can get past recordings uh, on our website. You can also get the Impact Hour as a podcast and take us with you. If you go to impacthour.com, it'll tell you how to get that into your favorite podcast app. Today we're talking about you get what you focus on. So a lot of times we focus on the problem rather than the solution. So we have something going on in our life and we start pouring a lot of energy into the problem. And why is the problem there and, and what are all the aspects of the problem and, and you know it's working this way and why is it that way and we just spend all this focus, concentration, energy on all the aspects of the problem but that keeps you stuck on the problem. When you're spending all your energy on the problem, you're spending very little energy on possible solutions. So examples you might hear from somebody if they say, no, 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 you don't understand. I can't because, and then fill in the blanks. That person is, is revealing that they're focusing only on the problem. And not really open to solutions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, or focusing on all the ways that it won't work. <laughs> so you say, well, what about this? No, that won't work. What about this other thing? No, no, I can't do that. Well, they're just focusing on the problem. Mm -hmm. And they're not really spending energy and time expanding possibilities. Well, and it makes sense, too, just, just on a really basic level. If you're putting your energy into what's wrong instead of into what you want, what's the likelihood that you're going to bring about a solution if your energy is going to the problem and not to the solution? we got to put our focus there, our effort, our time to, to make it really happen. It just makes sense that we need to put our focus there. Yes. Yep. So anytime someone starts out with this, it's not possible because they're right. 
they're right because they're not open to possibility. And probably there's more than one solution. So we say focus on the solution rather than the problem. The word the in there implies there's only one solution, but that's really not right. You probably should say focus on solutions rather than the problem. There's always lots of solutions, yes. There's often, often many, many solutions to a problem. And the more energy we devote to problem solving and expanding possibilities, the more possible solutions we'll find. And sometimes when you go through a session of just expanding and exploring possibilities, you come up with solutions that, are, that you never would have thought of right away. It's not something you come up with as your first idea, go, oh, that looks good. You know, when you spend time on it, you finally come up with something totally different and go, wow, this, this actually, I never would have thought about this, but this was going to work really good. That reminds me, something I've stumbled on recently, I probably heard a long time ago and forgot about it, but instead of say, looking at why something won't work, ask yourself how it can work. It's a total different line of thinking. So how can I make this work? Yes. Yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, and sometimes you know what that specific thing is, is is maybe not the best idea, and you could make it work. But sometimes opening up other options, you know, how could something work? Mm -hmm. You know, how can we make something work where I get an outcome that I care about? Mm -hmm. And there's usually something there. That reminds me, we have a show called The Burrito Principle for Problem Solving. I don't recall the episode number off the top of my head, but it really talks about problem solving and, and looking at all the potential solutions, and it's a really great tool. Very much so. So this applies to a lot of things in life. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about the ways that it can apply. So focusing on the problem rather than the solution, I think that applies to most relationships. So when someone is doing something that you don't like, they're bugging you, or they're not doing something that you want. You're not getting your needs met. Yes. Something's not working right in a relationship. Yes. So. And then, so if you focus all uh, your energy on, on what they're doing wrong or what they're not doing right, that usually just reinforces more of that in the relationship. Darn it. <laughs> That's that frustrating <laughs> dynamic I was talking Very about. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can be in the workplace. You know, this project's not working. It's not going to work. And focus all the ways on the project's not going to work. And spend all your energy there. Well, you're probably not going to find a good solution. Can you think of some other examples and ways it applies there, Rena? Yeah, well, I invite the listeners to really consider in your own lives, where's the problem that you've been stuck on and you're not finding a solution? Is that, you know, you mentioned in your relationships, is it at work, is it with your kids, is it in your finances, is it just anything going on in the home and the family situation? Is there, is there something with your neighbor? Um, business organizations that you belong to. There's so many opportunities for things to be a way that we'd like them to be different. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to evaluate where are we stuck on the problem and how we don't want it to be. And honestly, I've gone through this process where I've, I realized that I'm focusing on the problem and what I don't want. And it takes a, a decent amount of effort to get clear what is it that I really do want. Uh, we did a show a couple weeks ago on affirmations, and that's really focusing on what you do want. And it requires effort to get really clear on on what you do want, because once you're clear on that, then you can start making it happen. Yeah, yeah, that clarity is pretty helpful. 
And sometimes it takes some, some deeper exploration to figure out what it is you want. Is it this or is it that? Is yeah. it more of this or something else? And how about you might even need to try it to see. Yeah. So then you, now you got to be flexible too. Yeah. It's helpful. Yeah. So if you ask yourself or if somebody asks you, so what is it that you do want? And you're like, uh, well, it's sort of kind of, I kind of want something kind of like this. I kind of want not that. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, uh, you're probably not very clear on what it is you do want. And, and it'd be helpful exploration to get very clear, you know, what it is you want out of the relationship. What do you want from that person? What are, you, what are you expecting of them? And a lot of times that stuff is unspoken and it's kind of just felt and just kind of vaguely understood and it's not talked about. But if you knew what you wanted, you could talk to the person about it and say, hey, I'd like a relationship more like this. How can we create that? How do, you, how do you feel about creating a relationship like this? Is that something you want too? It'd be so much more helpful than just complaining. Yeah, communication is a good thing. And then anytime that you're problem solving and it involves another person to include them in on it, it's always helpful. Yes. Yep. So when you're focusing on the problem, it's what we call sometimes at least it's a form of resistance. And I think we've talked about this a little bit before uh, here and there in the show, but we can get into a state called resistance. And when we're in resistance, what we're thinking mostly is it shouldn't be this way. So somebody does something or something happens at work and our thought underneath everything else is it really shouldn't be this way and now I'm resisting it. In fact, sometimes we can just say plum that it's wrong. Yes. This is just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. Exactly. Yes. It's not okay. This is wrong. It shouldn't be this way. That's resistance. Boom. That's just resistance. Like that. Yep. And then when we do that, we focus all on the ways that it's wrong. <laughs> that we get out the toilet paper tube. <laughs> <laughs> right. Start looking at just exactly how wrong it is. That's right. <laughs> yep. And so when you put all your energy into the ways it's wrong and how it shouldn't be that way, it actually holds you stuck reinforcing that scenario more and more. So that you're, you're kind of, you know, pouring all your energy in the ways that it's wrong. And, and when you're doing that, it comes out from you and the way you interact with people probably is not supportive and encouraging and helpful. Probably when you act, interact with people from that place is it's from judgment and accusation. This is so wrong. You're wrong. You need to stop doing out. that. Yes. It's not okay. Yeah. And when you do that, the other people tend to, most of the time, put up barriers. And then they need to justify themselves. And so now they're not even open to change. And so now you're holding them in a place where they're digging their heels in. And now they're resisting change. And now you're producing more and reinforcing more of this situation that you feel is wrong. And so the best way out of that is to just accept. It just is. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I wouldn't want it to stay this way, but I accept that it is this way. For now. For now. Right now. Right okay. now. Sorry, it's okay. That's, that's a way to get out of resistance is to just accept. That so, way you can start putting your energy into the solution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, you need to get past the resistance so that you can focus your energy on to, to problem solving and, and where you want to go from here. Just kind of an odd duality of accepting but also wanting it to change. But there is there is a, a place in there for that where you accept, you're out of resistance, and you're, you're wanting to change. 
and now you're, you're able to walk, come alongside and cooperate with people to produce the change you want. It's good stuff. It's a much more creative place to be, and you'll have more. You'll be more open to solutions when you're not stuck into just being so angry and frustrated. Yes. Yeah, it's a really big difference. Yep. So we need to go into a break. So we will be right back. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. You are listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live a life rich in meaning and significance. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we are talking about you get more of what you focus on. There's an interesting dynamic we wanted to share. We've talked a little bit about this before, but this topic is pretty important. It's good to highlight here. And in this dynamic, it stems from a really deep innate need for justification. So when we are accused of something, our immediate response is to justify what it was we did. We did it because of this, or we had to because of that. We need to feel good about ourselves and feel like we're okay, and our, our immediate response is to justify. And that might be to blame other people, however that lands. I think we're okay as long as we're justified, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but when we do something that we're not proud of, when we do something or don't do something and we're not proud that we didn't do something, we, when we betray ourselves, we need to justify that. We need a reason why that's okay and we're okay people, even doing that behavior. So we start to come up with reasons why we're okay and we did this behavior, which we're not proud of. That's what it looks like when we justify ourselves. And when we do this, in order to justify this behavior we're not proud of, we start to see the world in a self-justifying way and our view of the world becomes distorted. We're making up stories about why we had to behave that way and our view of the world becomes, I guess the best word is just distorted. It's not quite right. It doesn't quite match reality. Sort of close, but you know, it's kind of like looking at one of those mirrors in the funny house. You know, sort of looks like you, but you're short and fat or you're tall and skinny or something like that. It's distorted. So we start to blame others and see other people as objects rather than people because they made us do this. 
In fact, a lot of times you'll see that on TV. You know, why did you make me do this? That kind of thing. And so we're blaming other people and we do all of this, this self-justifying kind of dance in our heads. And when we do this, we start to see other people as not real people, but we start to see them as objects, especially when we're putting blame on them. They're the cause of why we did whatever it is we did or why we didn't do what we felt like we should do. And we put the blame on them in this distorted view of the world. Again, now they become just this idea of a person rather than a real person. A good example of this is you can see in discussions online about politics. A lot of politics, a lot of issues online is there's this, they, they kind of objectify the other side. Oh, they always want this and they never want this other thing and they just want this self-serving thing and it's just, just the way they are. And that seeing them as an object or this sort of theoretical idea, but it's not like real people. The really kind of uh, the way this really fits in our topic today a lot is that when we do this, when you start living in a self-justifying way and seeing the world this way, we subconsciously start to provoke people into the very behavior we don't want in them. So it might be parents and kids. Maybe if you're a parent, you could relate that maybe your kid doesn't do their homework. And so you start to rag on them and you, you know, you criticize them and, and you, uh, you're being a nag and all of this stuff. Stop playing your computer so much. Yeah. You need to do your homework. Yeah, all this stuff yeah, about the, the kids. Yeah. yeah. And over time, you start to think negatively about your kid. You're blaming them for their behavior. And then over time, you want them to not do their homework so you can justify the way that you're treating them. I think that sounds crazy, and I can totally relate. And when I see this unfolding in my own life, it's just, it, it blows my mind because, you know, it, it's exactly like that. My kid is doing something I don't want him to do, and then I notice in myself, I really want him to do that. And I'm like, what? That's exactly what I don't want. And it's because I've been doing something or not doing something uh, that I don't feel good about and I need to justify myself. It's, it's like to watch it unfold, like I said, it really blows my mind. So I invite the listeners to consider where in your life are you, you know, needing to kind of justify what you've been saying, what you've been doing, and find yourself actually wanting the other person to do exactly what you said you don't want them to do. It's a trip. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a trip. It's crazy. <laughs> but think about the relationships you've been in when there's conflict. You know, where's all your energy being poured into? It's being poured into the conflict. How are you seeing the other person? Are you seeing the other person as someone who has hopes and dreams and wants and desires like anybody else? Or now you're kind of objectifying them and seeing them as a problem person. And they just always do this or they never do that and you start to see them in a distorted way. So rather than focusing on what kind of relationship you want to have with them, you focus on the problems that we see from our distorted view and from our own self-justification. So this idea, we call, it's called being in the box towards somebody. And there's a book called Leadership and Self-Deception by the Arbinger Institute. Yeah, we recommend that highly for really changing how you're relating to people and how you can get better results 
in your relationships with people. Yeah, they, they kind of have a series of books, and I think probably anything from them is really good. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So I have an idea that I think may just rock your world. <laughs> this is it's going to be so beneficial and so helpful to you in your relationships, which is the benefit of building people up rather than tearing them down. And I'm best guessing that you can relate to really appreciating when people point out to you things that they like about you, things that they appreciate that you're doing, and really just pointing out the positive in you, whether that's your character or your choices or your accomplishments. Who doesn't like to have that kind of stuff heaped on them, right? And doesn't that make you more inclined to want to do more of those kinds of things? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Sign me <laughs> up. That's right. <laughs> now, you compare that to the dynamic of what's it like if somebody's tearing you down? They're complaining about what you're doing or what you're not doing. Maybe you're starting to feel like you can't possibly get it right. You know, you need to change this and you can't do that and stop doing this and, and all the negative and complaining about what they don't want. How's that making you feel? Are you feeling inclined to really want to improve yourself? No. It kind of makes you feel, well, trying to watch my language here. It doesn't make you feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cruddy. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it might even inspire you to not do a good job. That's what it inspires in people. So if you want more of something from somebody, you need to build them up. Hey, that's where you get more of what you focus on. So the complaining, not so much, because what it does is it gets you more of what you do want versus really focusing on what you do want and praising them for it, reinforcing it, even if it's not directly related to what you want. I think it's bringing a spirit of positivity and possibility to the relationship where you're going to be getting more likely to be getting what you want. I had an interesting example. John and I, early in our marriage, we've been married a long time, almost 25 years. So we were pretty young when we got married. And um, as a young bride, I wanted my husband to come to bed at the same time as me. And he was into playing a video game. Back then it was Doom, right? It's been a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And what I did is I'd get mad about it. Um, you know, I'd ask when he was coming to bed and, oh yeah, I'm coming to bed soon. And and he didn't, and I was mad. And I can't even imagine what experience I created for my new husband coming from that place of being angry and resentful. But I'm guessing he wasn't wanting to come to bed probably because of that. It was contributing to the problem. Now, knowing what I know now, I would do something like telling him what I admire about him and the qualities that I really respect about him. And that's a lot more likely to draw him closer to me. So oftentimes I think we're pushing people away unintentionally. That's how we're this frustrating dynamic of we get more of what we focus on. We focus on the problem, we get more problem. Focus on negativity, we get more negativity. So we want to focus on the positive and what's right and what's helpful and build people up. And they're going to be more inclined to want to do more of those positive things. So 
We're going to head into a break for a moment. I hope that you're getting a lot from this conversation and applying it to yourself and where in your life you can focus more on what you do want. So I want you to stay tuned. We'll be back with some more really great stuff on the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Very glad that you've joined us today. We are talking about you get what you focus on. So we are helping you change your focus to more of the possibilities, more of the solutions, more of the positive in your life so that you can have more of that. Before we went into break, we were talking about the difference between building people up or tearing them down and the likelihood that you're going to get what you want from those people and from those relationships. And I have some questions that you can ask yourself to help you focus more on the solution. This is, you know, in relationship with other people. Ask yourself, what can I do to help bring about what it is that I want? What can I say to help make this happen? Who can I be that will help this change to happen? And I was thinking about this in relationship to my son, my youngest son. Let's see, how do I go there? <laughs> His eating is a little different than I would like. He tends to eat foods that I think aren't as healthy. And I take, actually I take some responsibility for that because I spend a lot of his life eating that way myself. So I'm trying to get him to have a healthier diet and asking what, it, what really doesn't help is complaining to him about how he eats. And honestly, it's really not helping him that he should eat more of something else, even though it's solution focused. So I'm taking a new approach. What can I say or do that will help him to eat more, we'll just say, you know, fruits and vegetables. And I was, I was thinking about this. It's a completely different line of thinking. And I went into problem-solving mode. I'm like, well, you know, he responds really well when I cut up cantaloupe and serve it. He likes it cold especially. So that's great. If they came home from school and I put out some fresh cut up cantaloupe, he would totally eat it. Same with carrots and ranch. 
So those are like two things that he'll eat. <laughs> there are a couple other fruits and vegetables <laughs> and uh, really helps if I cut them up and, and serve them. And there are some things I can actually sneak some vegetables kind of past him if I cut up like maybe cauliflower or mushrooms up really small and, and put it in something else that he really likes. So that's, that's a way I can help make it happen without complaining to him because by gosh, that's not working. <laughs> I've tried it a lot too, trust me. <laughs> and it's just really easy in parenting to really respond to the things that we don't like. And I see this often in public. A kid will do something and the parent is neglecting them, not giving them any attention until they, the parent kind of explodes. Stop doing that. Which, by the way, isn't focusing on what the kid should be doing at all. And it's just real easy to kind of let it build up and build up and then and then cut loose and that's not telling the kid what you want them to be doing and it's it's only reinforcing kind of the negative so that's really easy easy to do as parents there's a book that John and I read a while ago called Switch and is by Dan and Chip Heath yes Heath brothers the Heath brothers yes they write a lot of good books This one was about how to make change when change is hard. And there's an idea I wanted to share with you, the listeners, called Follow the Bright Spots. This is is really powerful. In the the book, they gave a specific example on child nutrition. And it was some country in Asia where children were malnourished, except there were some kids who were not. They were were properly nourished and, and flourishing physically because of that and these researchers set about finding what's different with those kids so they're focusing on the solution by finding what's going right and they found that those mothers while they're picking the rice harvesting the rice they're also gathering up little sea creatures like little shrimp or something like that and including that in with the food that they give their children so they were getting more protein and more of the nutrients that they needed so they implemented a program to train other mothers to do the same thing and the child nutrition situation got much better yeah I remember the story right I think they were just noticing you know most kids in this area were malnutrition malnourished and they were just going to go attack that problem you know, we're gonna That's train, the norm. We're going to train them yeah. on good nutrition and, and all this stuff. And, and it wasn't working because a lot of the foods they were told they should eat weren't available until one of them got the idea. It's like, well, where where are the kids not malnourished? And then how can we get more of that? Yeah. So it's such a great approach and, and not not traditional, not the, the typical approach that we would normally take. Yeah, usually interventions are very outside oriented. Here's our solution, you know, versus finding what's already working in that population of people. But it's a powerful tool, not just for going out and making a difference in people's lives, which we highly encourage you to do. It, it's great for your own life and what's going right in your life and how can you have more of it. So you can think in your own life for work, for relationships, for parenting, for goals that you're trying to achieve. If you're working to create change in those, where is it already working so you could do more of that? So if you've experienced some success in weight loss, for example, what did you do and how can you do more of that? In your relationship, if you're really wanting to have better quality time with your spouse, where are the times where you get to enjoy that? And how can you have more of that? 
And by the way, I would suggest that you tell your spouse that you really value that and you so appreciate them and their time and want to see how you can do more of that thing that they that you both enjoy. That, that, that positive focus is likely to bring about much better response. Yeah, as opposed to, why do you always ignore me? <laughs> <laughs> Which is easy, like I said. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's the, kind of the default. So we're encouraging you to, to switch your gears up. And I know it's it's a continual process for me to improve myself in this area. Totally not perfect, um, but seeking to improve myself in it, as we all are. Yeah. So if you're in a relationship and you are struggling in the relationship, rather than focusing on all the problems that are going on, it is useful to ask yourself, where are things going well? Where are the interactions going well? And what makes those interactions go well? And how do you get more of that? And I, I suggest that when you do that, notice what it's like in your body versus the times that you're focusing on the negative and then when you switch your gears and you're looking at where it is working, I'm betting it's gonna feel very different. Yeah, it'll feel more hopeful, more positive. And you'll become more resourceful as part of that. Yeah, it's very when cool. you focus on the problems, you know, you, you tend to, to get stuck in that and you feel hopeless, like this is just the way it is. Yeah, so at work, you know, where are people more productive? When are they productive? And how do you get more of that rather than just complaining that people aren't working? So where are your kids doing what they're supposed to be doing? Like eating fruits and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and in your goals, when have you been successful in your goals? And then what, what makes those, those times successful? And repeat that. That's all really good and helpful stuff. Follow the bright spots. That's See where right. it's working and do more of it. That's right. Yeah. So we started this show with this clip from JFK, his famous speech about going to the moon. Within the decade, we'll go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. And that's a, a way of focusing on a goal. And I think there's a lot of truth to when we really focus on a goal, not on the reasons why we can't achieve the goal. Why it won't work. Why it won't work, but we just focus on achieving that goal. Somehow, some way, we're going to make that happen. His statement was a pretty bold declaration. The scientists of the day had no clue how they were going to do that. They didn't have plans mapped out. And they heard that speech and they went, whoa, uh, I guess we have to do this. How are we going to do this? How? See that? Yeah. see that? Not why won't it work? How can we make this work? Yeah. Yeah. So in our own goals and our own lives, when we pour a whole lot of energy into the goal, we can push that envelope really, really, really far. Just imagine in your own life, if you wanted something really badly and you put 10,000 hours into it, you spent every day, you know, every day of the week working on it, multiple weeks, multiple months, maybe a few years focusing on this goal that you want. A couple hours a day, every day for a few years. That's going to add up. Yeah. Do you mm -hmm. think you'd get good at that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's almost like, you know, the pithy saying, practice makes perfect. <laughs> but it's true. When you put your energy behind the goal, when you look at it, when you bump up against barriers and challenges, and you don't give up, and you go back to it, and you look at the challenge again and think, well, what's another approach? How do I stop this approach and try a new approach? Maybe the way I've learned it isn't working anymore. I need to unlearn what I've done and, and start over. When you do all of that, you get really, really excellent at it. And we want to really encourage you in your life, you know, if you've always wanted to start that business, 
best thing to do is to get started and to realize that over time, eventually, you'll be really, really good at it. That maybe it won't start out that way, but when you focus on it and you really put all your energy behind that and you learn and you tweak and you adjust, as you go along, you'll be really good. So we really want to encourage you in that. And of course, if you're really excited about your goal, you'll go even further. So it's actually true that if you put 10,000 hours into something you just sort of ho-hum about, you'll still get good at it. But imagine what it's like if you're really, really excited about it. You got a lot of juice, and that'll move you forward. Yeah. That, that excitement that'll help you to maintain that focus, because we're talking about you get more of what you focus on. If you're focusing on getting really good at something, you're going to get more of that. Yes. Yeah. So what this really means is you are amazing. When you focus your energy onto one thing or on something you want really badly and you just go for it, you can do amazing. You've been listening to the Impact Hour.